JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. Really excited that you're here. Thank you so much on this Tuesday with the sunshine finally getting back out there a little bit. Maybe warmer temperatures as we move forward, at least until the end of the work week. We've got a couple of destinations for you Thursday and Friday uh, in which I would love to see you. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on, of course. Colts back home against Cleveland on on Sunday, and you got a little late-night news last night. A little late-night from Jim Irsay, probably going to opt for surgery, probably going to be done with the season, would be Anthony Richardson. And I remember sitting in the press box, and, and again, this was just a thought. I'm not suggesting that I was first to report or any of that type of jackassery at all. I remember being in the press box when he went down with that injury and we were talking about, you know, what was going on, different situations, so on and so forth. Um, And I had mentioned, you know, this to me, and what did I gather? Like 10 minutes? And I just saw the way that he got up and walked off the field, uh, the way that he was originally on the field pointing to that shoulder, pointing that out. And I thought, boy, this could end up being, and especially given the circumstances, you know, 21 years of age, what they had gone through prior with Andrew Luck. And and don't try to tell me that doesn't weigh heavily, not in the ultimate decision, but really on how everybody thinks about things right now. You can, and I've tried my damnedest, you can eliminate it or try as hard as you can to eliminate it from your thought process, but it is just so etched in your memory. And I've always said this, you know, much like, you know, Andrew Luck going 
you know, into the ring of honor. You can't even have that conversation. I don't even know if they'll ever have it. I always suggested that they would have it, you know, one of these days after a, a high-level winning season, which who the hell knows when that's ever going to be. But you always end up having to double back at some points with this type of conversation, even though you don't want to have it. Like, I don't want to have that. I don't want to go back to that era because it just wore you out. You guys think you were worn out on all that back then. You have no idea. None. Because it was something all the time. It was never ending. It took over radio around here, at least sports talk radio, and never, ever let it up for air. Or at the very least, nobody else stepped up in the capacity to really take your attention away from it. So I I guess you hope for the Pacers, you hope for the Boilermakers, maybe, you know, depending upon how you read the start of the season and the uh, ratings with IU basketball, maybe IU whatever. Hopefully something that is able to take your mind off of this because the reflection is always going to be right there. Always going to go back to that. And it is going to be an offseason. Whenever this thing is made official, whenever it is concretely done, that Anthony Richardson is going to opt for surgery, as the report from Stephen Holder of ESPN and you know, got that from Jim Irsay last night. I think Jim Irsay is in New York for the owners, fall owners meetings right now. But you kind of just felt that was the direction in which this was going. And people have asked me a number of times, and I'm sure that you and your friends that are Colts fans have probably talked about this as well. And I will say, I will say that it is split in terms of what people are thinking about. And it is split as you get one side suggesting we haven't seen enough. This is basically a lost type of season for Anthony Richardson, for his growth, for his maturation. You know, you're not going to get what you needed to get out of this particular season. And then you got the wonder of, all right, we've seen things get worse in the past injury-wise. Like we've been down this path before. What makes anybody believe that we're not embarking on a similar journey? I think all those are reasonable thoughts to have in your head. Now, the other side would suggest, hey, this dude is 21 years of age. Strong as hell. Athletic. You know, gifted, all that. Everything's going to be okay. You know, I can't dispute the fact that he's he's 21. But you also can't dispute the fact that, again, we've been down here and you look at the thumbnail sketch of his season and it it just seems like it's just nothing but one big injury. And that is going to be the fruit that will bear of the discussion all stinking offseason. And even when, and I hope that they do this, I don't know how they're going to end up handling all this. And again, I know that nothing has been made official yet. And I don't know how they end up handling all this. 
I mean, it always seems like whatever they try to do, informationally speaking, regarding injuries, it all just spirals out of control in one way or the other. You know, I remember there was a point during the uh, the whole Lux saga when they really wanted to start becoming more transparent, and that just goes against every stinking rule and go between between the media covering and the NFL. I mean, just there's no way because we'll continue to want more, and then they just kind of go and park someplace to the point where they don't want to give you anything else. And then they tell you, and really what it is, it's reliant on on people to cover the team to tell you how transparent they are being. And I've said this all along, they will tell you that, and I've always suggested that like any other NFL team, they're always just going to let you in on what they want you to know, what they feel comfortable in you knowing. And it's rarely, if ever, any different from team to team throughout the NFL. Rarely. I don't see a lot of teams, or at least those that cover those teams, saying, hey, you know what? Wow, look how transparent this is. Tell us everything. And none of these teams want to tell you anything. And when they suggest they're transparent, they might be. And that's, again, that's what you're getting from those that cover. But I can tell you this, it's still not transparent. And it's not going to be. And we're going to go through this incredible conversation the entire offseason. Once this season is complete, once they decide and opt for the surgery and the season is over, there is just still way too much mystery. Think about this for a moment. We have seen spots. I'm not going to take it away when he has played. When he has played and not been injured, when he has played a full game, when he has played and not been injured, you have seen why they drafted at number four. You can see why you can believe in him as a high-level talent at that position of the NFL. But beyond everything else, we sit around here and talk about, well, you know, he's he's running it, and he uses his legs, and he can throw it. Yeah, you know, he can throw it 70 yards. All this stuff we talk about, but the most important thing is, well, you know, he's also available to be out there on the field. I'm just priming you up because the comparison of the past and the still shrouded in mystery for your rookie quarterback is going to be there. And that is the biggest bummer out of all this. Again, once it does officially take place is you are still left within that mystery. You are still left to wonder. I think you've seen enough to go, oh, wow, I do want to see more. But you also have seen enough from the other side, the negative, the injury situation to where you question if that's not like it once was, if that's not going to be similar to, if this is not going to be a prolonged issue. And that's probably more so than even a reflection in the past. It is you asking yourself, is this going to be par for the course? And the worst part about it, you are not going to have any answers until September of 2024. 
and then really through September of 2024. And I swear to you, I'm having deja vu right now because I swear that's exactly what we talked about regarding the return of Andrew Luck. (laughs) It is. Not knowing, not having answers, having to wait a month, having to wait two months, having to wait to the bye week, having to see him take his first hit. (laughs) Anybody else having deja vu out there? I swear to you. I have a pretty strong memory. Pretty strong memory. And that festers. And it seems like it is being re-sparked right now with this in mind. And we'll see. We'll see the direction they end up going again. I will say this, per Stephen Holder last night, getting from Jim Mersey, that is probably going to be the direction they end up going. Opting for surgery. I, I do. I understand it. And... We're all a little bit apprehensive to say we know for sure because none of us do. People ask me, so do you think that this is worse than what they're leading on? I I don't know. I, I mean, normally the circumstances uh, of this particular injury, the sprained AC joint, the third degree spray in the AC joint, oftentimes surgery and missing the rest of the season is not the option in which they go, not the path, not the pattern they take. Again, you're left to live within that mystery. And it's not a fun, like, Scooby-Doo type of mystery here. This is like a mystery where you go, ah, you know what, this may be mysterious, but we have been down this road before and we, we have seen the outcome. And there is just not going to be an answer until you see and you see it consistently. Man, we're right back there. Maxine Nightingale, right back where we started from. Again, if that's the path that they end up taking. And it is such an incredible bummer. Yeah, I sit around and I think about all the time. I want to see this team compete. Like that was probably going back to Sunday, the the lack of of really coaching, playing on the field, the lack of being as competitive as I felt they could have and should have been. That's what bummed me out the most. Like somebody last night, I forget who it was. I think it was DeBlow. The guy named DeBlow said, hey, I'm going to paraphrase this this tweet of this ex. He said, he said, hey, hey, dumbass. And he was referencing me, which he's not altogether inaccurate. Hey, hey, dumbass. Uh, why don't we wait a little bit before we just suggest that Minshew mania is over? Uh, my suggestion of that on Sunday in a tweet or an ex, my suggestion was on Sunday it was definitely over. And speaking of thoughts, that type of game is what is going to fester in your head moving forward. It's not going to be the the memory of him hanging in there against the Baltimore Ravens, you know, until the Colts tried to you know, finally figure out where's this Kyle Hamilton guy coming from and how can we do something about it? Wait a minute, all of us, oh, poof, there he is right there. He, like Tecmo Bo Jackson, he just bursts out of nowhere. You know, we finally figured that out, and he he allowed you at quarterback to hang in the game. And then you paid the highest anybody ever has for a place kicker who gave you four makes from 55 and all. 
And that's part of the equation in which and how this team was put together. When you stall, it gives you a wider berth to still come off the field with points. Now, Shane Steichen's been kind of odd with that because I will suggest, you know, you want to make sure you get the points and get out there from 50 yards, yet we've seen more times than not going ahead and stiff-arming the points and going for it and things not working out. Now, Sunday wasn't a banner day for anybody. It wasn't. And that's going to be the key in your thought going into Sunday. Now, the good part about this is, unlike the whole quarterback situation, and that mystery still, and that reflection of the past, Gardner Minshew can come back and do something about it. All right, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. He's not as talented to do something about it. Sometimes it is okay. Like, if if I were in the NFL as a quarterback and they called me a game manager, I'd be thrilled. I don't care. It's better than why you get called late last night on Twitter. That's great. Call me a game manager. You can manage your situations better. You can be what everybody thought you were going to be upon that trip to Jacksonville, and that is being able to take care of the football. Don't give it up. Don't give it up when you're driving. Don't give it up and you're in a position in which you can come away with points. That went against completely what we all talked about Gardner Minshew being in terms of his value as a backup quarterback. He was the opposite. The complete opposite of it. And that is something that he can change, at least in the short term, on Sunday. I mean, we're not going to get any answers until September of next year, then moving forward regarding what we ultimately think, hardcore, concretely believe regarding Anthony Richardson, because you're just not going to know until you see him get out there and play and perform and then sustain out there. But Gardner Minshew does have the opportunity, along with his teammates, along with his coaching staff, to turn this thought around. Listen, make up whatever excuse you want. You come home and you beat a Cleveland team coming off an upset win and handing San Francisco their first loss of the season on Sunday. That'll get that good feeling back with a lot of folks around here and then people can start making excuses for the way you lost besides you just stinking in that game. Right? You can People will make excuses automatically for you. Hey, it's just Jacksonville and they have their number. Yeah, this Jacksonville, the house of horrors. <laughs> Start making excuses if you go out and you are what people thought you were going to be going to Jacksonville. And really, that's not just on the shoulders of Gardner Minshew. That's on everybody. You know, be that team that's going to stay competitive. Going to be competitive given this schedule. Uh, keep that level of interest going around here. Uh, that you can fix in the short term. Yeah, unfortunately for the 21-year-old rookie quarterback, if they again opt for that surgery, which Jim Mercer said last night is probably going to happen, then we're going to have to wait a long time. And we're going to go through, you know, name the soap opera. I, I know it's on Peacock now, but, you know, it's like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. We're going to be diving right back into that. 
Now, as the world turns right back into that, and there's just no way around it, because you can't come up with an argument. You can be steadfast in believing that he's 21 and he's going to be just fine out of this. But also people on the other side wondering exactly why this was the path, this was the choice to end the season in this fashion and not truly seeing a a real road experience for him, really not seeing very much of anything, and then having to prove that you're sustainable as to the reason why they selected you number four overall. That's going to take a while, and that's going to be open for continuous debate over the course of the rest of the season and the offseason. I'll be honest with you, as as a host that has done this now, I'm going to be celebrating, not celebrating, but as of November the 1st, I have been doing my own show for 19 years, uh, which is incredible for me. Incredible to think about it because it seems like it's yesterday. But the one thing I don't want to have to do prematurely is talk about that is talk about that in comparison to the past with Andrew Luck and compare and contrast the two situations and then take a myriad of opinions as to why I'm right, as to why I'm wrong. And what I mean by this is I would rather this team stay interesting and not be anything like it was on Sunday and stay interesting and keep our attention with that as opposed to having to dive into a conversation that is ready stinking made for the offseason. And that conversation is fantastically built around the NBA in January and February, college basketball in both, a precursor to the start of free agency. Yeah, that conversation can be had at later days. And I really would love it to stay there. And one of the the real ways it can stay there is if this Colts team doesn't look, doesn't act, doesn't perform, doesn't coach, doesn't do anything as it did on Sunday in Jacksonville, or for that matter, has done in Jacksonville in recent history. That's how we keep ourselves all a little bit sane in this. I don't know who I need to talk to. I don't know if I need to get Gardner Minshew on the show or what, but we need to talk to somebody about that because I'm just not ready, seriously. I just spent the better part of this first segment. I spent probably 17 minutes on this, and I feel like that that's 17 minutes too much. So be interesting. And don't be like you were in Jacksonville. You know, play to a level in which people can blame Jacksonville on it being cursed. (laughs) Whatever. I don't care. I know it's all BS. I know. But keep it interesting. Stay competitive. And don't look anything like you get on Sunday. And not only... Not only will that be a feel good for the guys in that locker room, the people over at the complex on West 56, I think that will make us all feel pretty damn good. I'm just not ready. And I know you guys aren't either. All right, 239-1070. Email address jmv1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge, the Winshuler Spreadable Cheese is where I get a report. I got a report from an outlying area, McCordsville, Indiana. 
from our friend Greg, where they have the mother load of Winshuler spreadable cheeses in stock right now at the Meyer location in McCordsville. And I will also give you a report. I stopped into the Greenwood location off of Meridian at 135 near Fairview. And they, as they have had in the past three, four weeks I've been in there, have jack squat of it. Jack squat. Nothing. But the Meyer in McCordsville's got the mother load, and I believe it's on sale. Pretty good combination right there. Hey, Pacers get a win over Atlanta last night. Miles Turner file out in the third quarter. <laughs> you know what? I feel so good. A year ago at this time, if 33 would have fouled out in a preseason game in the third quarter, my entire timeline on Twitter, the cesspool that is, the toilet most of the time that is, the former Twitter now known as X, it would have been nothing but, hey, your guy, hey, your guy, hey, your guy. You know what last night? Nothing. Zero. And I don't care if it is just a preseason game. I'm just telling you how it would have been this time a year ago. You remember when he tripped over the ball boy? That was like one of the worst opening nights in the history of me. (laughs) My whole timeline was flooded with it. That's how far we have all come on this. You know how good that makes me feel? Seriously. It makes me feel so good. Not one last night. In complete and full disclosure. Unlike a lot of other folks, I am fully transparent. You can see right through me. Which is probably not great. Not one reference of that. All right, high school football playoffs start coming up on Friday. Greg Rakestraw will talk about that. Uh, We'll see what Mike Woodson and IU doing down in Bloomington recruiting-wise. We hit on that just a little bit yesterday as well. The college basketball top 25 was out with, I believe, two. You get three Big Ten teams in the top 25. Uh, Purdue, Michigan State, I think Illinois is around 25, too. I didn't say Illinois as in Illinois. I said Illinois apostrophe. Illinois is top 25. (laughs) Nah, not one thing last night. That was such a feel-good. MLB later on tonight, NLCS game number two. It was pretty good last night. Really, um, the Rangers have been so good. They're a joy to watch. And Bruce Bochy is their manager, and he had so much success in San Francisco, stepped away, and they ended up coming back. He is a guy that can put together something, especially if giving financial, ample financial situations as you can in Texas. He's just a really good manager. You know what? All those times in the past, we all as Reds fans made fun of Dusty Baker. We should all shut up. Dusty Baker, that is a good series to watch the back and forth from what is normally kind of boring in terms of managerial situations. I don't mind that at all. That's a good matchup. All right, quick break, and we shall return. I've got bullseye passes to give away, too. For those of you especially that are going to the game on Sunday, uh, a little bit of, uh, and more than just a little bit, an awesome experience before you get into the game. So listen to win, bullseyeeventgroup.com, Colts VIP tailgate passes. We'll give you a chance throughout the course of this afternoon. Greg Rakestraw, Joe A. Erickson, and Brad Spielberger, a PFF, all on the way. 239-1070. 
The email address is jamvia1075thefan.com. Again, inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, kid. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. Here's another addition to how fun, how enjoyable it is for you Colts fans. You guys ready? Give me a breaking news sounder over there, James. You got anything ready? All right. From the breaking news desk, Grover Stewart of the Colts. This is from the Colts, and thank you, Eddie, for sending me that, has been suspended without pay for the next six games for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances. Stewart's eligible for return to the active roster Monday, December the 4th, following the team's Week 13 matchup on the road in Tennessee. Grover Stewart suspended without pay the next six games for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. There you go. You guys are enjoying it. It's, it's, it's just, it is never-ending, right? It's, it's like the amusement park. <laughs> It's almost like it's like the amusement park, the bad news amusement park from hell is what it is. All right. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Greg Rakestraw joins us. I'm assuming you were a little sideswiped by that nugget of information, right, while on hold? I'm kind of glad I got a beer in my hand uh, to help uh, cope with that as we're having that conversation because, and this is a statement that sounds like it's damning of the quarterback. It's not. There is a far better replacement for Anthony Richardson on this football team than there is for Grover Stewart. That is a massive blow for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it is. And it just, it just the hits just keep on coming. It's like the old Casey Kasem saying back in the days. Just keep on coming and keep can't get out of the way from it around here, can you? I, I was pretty sure that Grover and I were on the same supplement, and that's called gravy. Uh, so of all the players that are you know going to get dinged for something like that, I'm surprised it's him. Um, you know, we, we, we can try to make light of it as best we can. That's bad. Um, just because, and again, there's, there, there is depth there with Dio Dangbo and Taekwon Lewis. And, and again, overall, the defense has been solid, not great, but solid, but you're solid because you've got one of the better one, two punches in terms of the defensive tackle spot with he and DeForest Buckner and not having Grover, you are taking away your chief run stopper for the next six weeks. Again, Given what the schedule is, you can still work around it, but uh, life's got a lot more difficult for Shane Steichen and company. Yeah, well, and, and to think about it, too, th- this team already has a lot of things to work around, and the last thing you need to have to now work around is somebody that should not be in this situation, you would think, right? 
would be. I, I mean, listen, I, I guess the li- the roster in its entirety, you would think, all right, why did you put yourself in that situation? But among those near the top, his name, because of his level of importance, which you accurately mentioned earlier, is uh, right there at the top, near the top, especially defensively. Well, let's face it. All right. Again, I think the accurate level for Gardner Minshew, and uh, not trying to pivot away from Grover, I'll get back to him in a second. But I think is Gardner Minshew as good as we saw the first three games? Maybe not. Is he as bad as we saw on Sunday? Probably not. He's going to be the guy for the foreseeable future, if not for the entirety of the season. Certainly looking like that's going to be the case. But, but let's face it. This is probably a team that's going to be scoring, you would think, between 20 and 27 points a game. In other words, you're going to have to win games just as much on your defense as you are on offense. And if you're taking away one of your best defensive pieces and you don't get farther than second or third maybe in terms of Colts players on defense before you get to naming Grover Stewart, that's just a bad deal all the way around. All right, Greg. Grover Stewart has a statement on his Instagram, and you know I'm all over Instagram. I pour myself all over Instagram constantly. Yeah, I want to apologize to the National Football League, the Colts organization, my teammates, our fans, and my family. I was surprised and disappointed to learn I had violated the policy. I respect the integrity of the game and would never purposely put myself or the team in this kind of situation. I'm responsible for what I put in my body, and I should have taken the proper steps to educate myself. I will learn from this moving forward, which you probably should, and I will take the appropriate measures to ensure this never happens again. And this, as he has stated there in that paragraph, Another situation in which you decide to go ahead and ingest something where you don't get that checked over, that's just um, uh, boneheaded at best right there. Correct. Uh, he, he said the right thing after not doing the right thing, but this is a situation where these players have every resource available to them. There is someone on call 24-7, 365, where you can say, listen, should I be taking this? And within a few minutes, they'll be able to tell you yes or no. So, again, it's a mistake. He admitted to it. That's good. Accepting responsibility. That's good. Not having him for six weeks. Bad. Very bad. Good. And then and this can uh, uh, this type of news. And again, next six games, Grover Stewart suspended without pay by the NFL for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing substances. And and what will be you know the capper to what will I'm sure going to be a fun week now is the fact that at some point we expect to hear concretely that. Anthony Richardson and the Colts have opted for season-ending shoulder surgery. That does not help this make a great week. No, it does not. But here is the thing, and and again, you get enough of these kind of cuts. At some point, things will come tumbling down. Um, And and whether it's health, suspension, etc., this is what it often comes down to. If there is a stat on the field that is the most direct correlation to success, it's giveaway takeaway. If there is a stat in terms of uh, who's left standing at the end, it's it's the health standpoint. It's who's missed the least amount of games in terms of their normal starting 22. Colts aren't trending in the right direction uh, on that front either. Uh, I would still tell you, John, at 3-3, three and three, not just record-wise, but overall quality of play, they're probably better than I gave them credit for. But if you don't have Anthony Richardson, you're not going to have Grover Stewart for a while, uh, you know the next injury is seemingly a play away, and that's not a, a woe-is-us Colts thing. That's just the nature of the National Football League. At some point in time, you, you can survive one or two of these things. 
you don't survive kind of more than that, and that's kind of the precarious spot the Colts are in right now. Uh, when I dove into this show, and Greg Rakestraw's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline in this first segment, I, I'd kind of mention um, what, what I'm looking for is any reason whatsoever to not have, not to have constant reflection during a season, during the cold season, of comparisons of Anthony Richardson to Andrew Luck, and will Anthony Richardson ever be what they expect him to be? Is he constantly going to be injured? All these things that we're not going to be able to realistically answer until either this time next year or further down the road next year. If, again, he opts for the surgery, I just asked for the Colts to, to be what their schedule still should provide for them, and that's stinking competitive and not that big mess they were in Jacksonville you had to talk about in the Colts' fifth quarter huddle after the game. Correct, and again, that came down to turnovers. You know, we, we can sit here and cite play calling, and could the Colts run the football more a little bit? Yeah, but you know what? If you're going to face a seven-man box like that, you can find five- and six-yard outs and just kind of to Hank Stram it, matriculate the ball down the field. Gardner Minshew couldn't do that. Now, again, I think that performance is not indicative of him. Literally, his interception to touchdown ratio is the exact opposite over five years in the National Football League from what it was on Sunday afternoon. So, again, I, I still think this is something that can be figured out. But to your overall point, let's face it, okay, even, even the best teams in the National Football League, now everybody has a loss. There seemingly are three or four teams on the back end of the NFL this year that are lesser than everybody else. Amazingly, the Colts play two of those teams in back-to-back fashion in terms of the Panthers and then the Patriots. You've got a Titans team. You're not sure what they're going to look like by the time you see them in early December because is it Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback or is it Malik Willis? Is it is, is it going to be you know Will Levis at your quarterback? So, again... You know, maybe our outlook has changed multiple times, seemingly since Labor Day weekend to now for this football team. But even as they are currently assembled, there is still a good amount of chances for W's on this schedule because the Colts, frankly, from this point forward, have one of the easier schedules remaining in the National Football League. Yes, Greg Graystraw, I I don't want to leave you out of this because you are fantastic in talking about it, considering Friday is the opening Friday for many, not all, but many in high school for the football postseason, the playoffs. And I know some won't get kick-started until a week from Friday night, but what do you think and and how is the layout of that schedule postseason-wise beginning Friday? We got some big games uh, on the first week, as, as we always do. Uh, the fact that in 3A, Tippy Valley has to come down and play Chittard, uh, you know, that's good on good right off the start. And, and while nobody in 3A tends to play the schedule, Chittard does. Tippy Valley went to West Lafayette and, and won a couple of weeks ago. That, that got my attention um, from, the, from, the, from the larger school standpoint. Obviously, Ben Davis-Brownsburg jumps off the page next Friday. That's the game that I will have. Bloomington South and Bloomington North. Uh, just because of the backstory and and how one-sided that rivalry has been in favor of South, North beat them, I think, in week four or week five in overtime, 25-24. Those two teams were combined 17-1, and and they play each other, you know, the first round, uh, you know, next next Friday. So those are the games I'm kind of looking forward to when 5A and 6A get together. Plainfield and Harrison in 5A would, would kind of be of that ilk next Friday as well. The game that I've got this week should be a great one. Pendleton Heights is 7-2. and two. One of their losses is to 8-1 and one Greenfield Central. When they played back in week number four, the Cougars won 43-38. So if I get anything close to that one for my game on Friday night, 
I'm going to be in, in, in a pretty good spot on ISC and my NDTV 23. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's here. It's always fun. There's always going to be surprises. There's always going to be great matchups. And, again, we're going to have some, some great matchups right out of the shoot. That's the nature of not seeding the tournament. And, and we can argue pros and cons about that. But from my perspective, I know I've got great games right out of the gate. And I know I've got those the first two weeks of the, of the postseason. Hey, Greg, before I let you go, who has staked their claim to the Mr. Football in the state of Indiana in 2023? You know, I, I still think it's up for grabs, uh, you know, between Danny O'Neill, uh, between Cherry at Center Grove. Um, there, there are other candidates that are out there. There's the receiver heading to Ohio State uh, from New Haven. Uh, it is it is as wide open as some of these classes are. Let's face it, when it comes to Mr. Basketball, you can largely put Florida doing his name on the trophy at this point. Mr. Football, it's completely different. And I really think what happens in the postseason will determine who Mr. Football is going to be. So, Greg Gregstraw via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Did you tell me, did I miss that, where you're going to be on Friday? So, Greenfield and Pendleton Heights. I'll nice. be at Greenfield Central. I have, I'm there for baseball on a semi-regular basis. This will be the first time I have ever done a football game at Greenfield Central. Looking forward to making a drive east on Friday night. I'm glad you brought that up, too. Uh, I, I believe his last name is that Mullins kid, the basketball player at Greenfield Correct. Central. It, I've not seen him play. How legit is he? He is awfully legit. Uh, I am good friends with his dad, so I'm biased. Sweet. Uh, Josh played on our IUPUI team that made the NCAA tournament uh, some 21 years ago. Uh, Josh is still a very competitive basketball player. He's played in the World Police and Fire Games over the years. He is a sheriff's deputy uh, out in Hancock County. Railing can really play. Um, just visited Purdue, has been down to IU. Basically, you name the school, not just in the Big Ten, but nationally, he would be on their radar. Uh, he will be a top 100-level player nationally, if not even more so than that. He's really good, and uh, and I think he's going to play somewhere close to home that uh, is pretty decent size, let's put it that way. It's uh, Greg Rakestraw right there. I just saw his name pop up on my timeline a couple of days ago, and I was thinking, so if his dad is, is that part of that team that obviously is the, the glory season of IUPUI in the past, I'm assuming this kid's probably gotten up and played a lot of uh, pickup basketball with, like, old dudes in the past, right? He's got some old man crafty in his game. His dad nice. had that in his game, too, when, he, when his dad was 21, let alone now. <laughs> it's nice. Sorry, right, buddy. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you on Saturday night as well. Thanks, John. It's uh, Greg Rakestraw with us right there. Grover Stewart suspended without pay for the next six games for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing drugs. God, I'm telling you, man. You guys so- <laughs> Always seems like it. You may take two steps forward, but you go two steps back. Uh, I'll get back on the other side again to his paragraph on IG of apology, but that is a glaring loss along that defensive line. So, uh, the way he explained it, by the way, in that paragraph, it is uh, he unknowingly took something he should have checked on. Yeah, probably so. Too damn late now, though. All right, quick break. We'll come back with your calls on the other side. We've got Brad Spielberger of PFF after four. Joel A. Erickson with more on this story coming up in the five o'clock hour. And Bullseye Event Center tickets for the Colts VIP tailgate coming up on Sunday. Just a couple of minutes away. Don't go anywhere. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Well... Grover Stewart, it's always something, right? Is it just me? Does it seem like it's always something? I know that I'm like here at the epicenter of it, and I have to talk about it whenever it happens. But does it seem like that if it's happening like this, it's always happening around here? I I gather that it happens every place else, too. I know other teams have to deal with junk, but I'm up to here with it here. Anybody else? I mean, with everything, all of it. You guys agree? I mean, does it slow down at some point? And here's where I say this. Because, again, whether it is later on today, maybe tomorrow, at some point, we should prepare for the Colts to announce that Anthony Richardson is going to be done for the season. As, again, what Jim Mercer told Stephen Holder yesterday, they're probably going to opt for shoulder surgery. So if that's not bummer enough, and then I spent like the first 15 minutes telling you about how they can change things around, right? And I almost had you, I almost had you in my first 15 minute monologue there. And then we get Grover Stewart, who has been suspended without pay for the next six games for violating the NFL policy on performance enhancing drugs. Seriously, didn't even give me 30 minutes. Not even 30 minutes. But I can't be wrong about this, right? I mean, it's always something. I'm going to seem like that to you. Always. So, uh, Grover Stewart's not going to be eligible for return to the Colts until early December. And uh, that uh, is going to leave a gaping hole on the defensive line. And I'll get to the paragraph that he sent via IG apologizing and again suggesting that he did not know what he was taking whatever so we've heard that before quick break and we shall return brad spielberger of pff on the other side your calls joan i'll tell you what before we get to brad i'm gonna get joan on here because i know that he's lurking and been on hold for a while we'll do that and more bullseye passes as well 93.5107.5 the fan Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Nachos, lemon heads, my dad's boat. You won't go down because my- 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Grover Stewart suspended. That news being made available by the Colts ah, about 30 minutes or so ago now. Been following the show. You know of that. Um, Which, uh, that's where we are. (laughs) It seems like where we always are. It always being something. uh, Six games. So, no eligibility uh, because of the suspension. Performance-enhancing drugs. No eligibility until uh, early December after the Tennessee game. And this was, I I mentioned this, the uh, paragraph on Instagram from Grover Stewart. 
reads as follows. National Football League, the Colts organization, my teammates, our fans, my family. I want to apologize. I was surprised and disappointed to learn I had violated the policy. I respected the, or I checked that, I respect the integrity of the game and would never purposely put myself or the team in this kind of situation. I am responsible for what I put in my body, and I should have taken the proper steps to educate myself. I will learn from this moving forward. I will take the appropriate measures to ensure this never happens again from Grover Stewart. Always something, though. Is it not? Brad Spielberger of PFF at his second. Jonah, who is uh, fresh out of Arizona, has been on hold for a while. Are you in Arizona now or are you here? I am in Arizona at the moment. How you I doing, buddy? I was in Indianapolis for 12 days, and then I just got back here uh, last week. I'm not. I don't. I don't get back to Indianapolis permanently until uh, later this year. I got you. What do you got for us, Jonah? Well, it, this is the Indianapolis Colts. It's always something. And I usually like to call Tuesday or Wednesday when the fire's not blazing. But <laughs> sure. after with this Grover Stewart news, yeah, well, that fire's still blazing. Yeah, it's it, it's always something, and then we're going to get it backed up with you know Anthony Richardson being officially done for the season. We would expect at some point too, so it's just going to be a fantastic week. Right with Gardner Minshew, I I always said with him limit the turnovers. If you win the turnover battle, you have a good chance of winning. Of course, in Jacksonville, those four turnovers ended up being very costly. But another thing I've noticed with this Colts team, I like to see the defense come out a little bit. A little bit with more fire. Only the Houston game is the game where the Colts actually had a pretty good lead. Like the Rams game, for example, we, we stopped them on fourth down. Then we gave them an unnecessary roughness penalty. And then even uh, on Sunday, we gave Jacksonville two first downs on offside penalties. And I just I feel like that's yeah. those are just uh, penalties that will just cost you and kickstart the opposition into having establishing a lead. And I just like to see a good start from this team, especially on the defensive end. And even on offense, when they had that first drive, there was no excuse not to get a touchdown there. I just I, I felt like we, we passed the ball too much. We need to, and going into Cleveland, I want to see a balanced, you know, run game and pass game because what they did against Jacksonville just is not going to work. Well, here's what else doesn't work either because, John, I've heard a lot. Well, they ran a base defense and you couldn't run. And look how many yards they got when they tried to run. Is it too much to ask then maybe do something stinking different than what you're doing? Because what you were doing, it wasn't working. That wasn't working either. So is it too no. much to ask? I mean, is, is it that? It's just like, oh, well, you know what? They were playing this style of defense, so we couldn't do anything. We're screwed. And I guess maybe you are in terms of not being able to do anything, um, not having the explosive types of players now without Richardson and not having that on the outside, a receiver. But that's all I was asking for yesterday. And then all I get from everybody else are excuses as to why. So, well, this is why. but after the Titans game with the good run, with the good run and pass, the good balance of it, why go away from it? That's what I don't understand. They, I mentioned went nine for nine in his first drive or his first nine passes. That's great and all, but it, over time, if you keep doing that same thing, it's going to catch up to you. And, and Jacksonville made the adjustments where the Colts did not. Jonah, I can't wait till you're back here permanently, man. It'll be great to see hey, you again. Man. It would be great to see you too, John. Thank you. You take it easy. Jonah in Arizona right there. Get back to you guys on hold in a second via the uh, Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Brad Spielberger of PFF. I don't know if you can thumb through um, your – 
PFF literature right now, you know, and we'll talk about Anthony Richardson and, and more than likely his season being complete as we sit here and talk. But Grover Stewart and the, the suspension news that just popped in the recent 30 minutes or so, how is he individually, how is this defensive line doing by the numbers up front? And we've talked about, again, how gaping of a hole this is going to create here for the foreseeable future. You can probably, I think, make it even more pop in terms of the numbers that you can provide with Grover Stewart and this D up front. How's it look and how's it going to look without him? Yeah, I mean, this defensive line has been the strength of the entire uh, team, arguably, on both sides of the ball. Uh, they are definitely one of the better pass rushing units now. As you've seen growth from young guys like Quiddy Pay and obviously DeForest Buckner on the interior, and then Grover, obviously one of the best run defending teams or players uh, in, in the entire NFL. Look, they have a top ten run defense grade for us. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, look at some of the underlying numbers. They have a top uh, the eleventh pass rush grade. So you know, a top ten unit effectively in both facets of defensive line play. Um, and, and Grover. You know, a lot revolves around him in both in both systems. So uh, it, it's a big loss. So Brad Spielberger, a PFF, uh, kind enough to join us every Tuesday right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh, the numbers had to be really ugly. And, and granted, at Jacksonville, don't get me wrong, is a better team. The Colts played them a lot better in week number one. Uh, and again, we'll start with the turnovers by Gardner Minshew. One fumble and three interceptions. W- was that basically the entire deal? They scored 17 off that. The margin of victory was 17. Or was it even more than what we saw with the quarterback play with Gardner Minshew on Sunday that led to that loss? No, that pretty much summed it up. He actually had seven turnover-worthy plays for us, you know, which includes dropped interceptions or plays where we thought the quarterback put the put the ball in harm's way, uh, potentially fumbling on a sack, things of that nature. Uh, seven is hard to do. Uh, it's the most in a game for any quarterback this season. Uh, I think it's the second most dating back to 2021. So, yeah, you know, we, we, had, we saw the Gardner good. We saw what it looks like when he has a positive game script and can hand the ball off a bunch and not press. When he's down and has to try to score, that's what you get from a backup quarterback, even a very, very good one. So I'm not going to put the entire loss on him, but but that was the deciding factor was the difference in, in the two quarterbacks in that game. One being, you know, Trevor Lawrence played okay. He wasn't great, but, yeah. but he has been great this season. Yeah, I will say this, and I thought you go back to week number one, and I know that was Anthony Richardson. You go back to week number one, and I thought the Colts played better than Jacksonville through three quarters, and then Jacksonville took over on both sides of the football in the fourth and ended up winning that game. But you, you, you go down there, which has been an issue for them over recent history. There's no question about that. And, and you're right. I mean, it's not like Jacksonville offensively played that great either. It's just the Colts, not only did they turn it over, but it, they turned it over in their plus territory. They turned it over and, and basically gave away opportunities to score, whether it's to get a touchdown, a potential field goal. I mean, that's even more so screwing yourself over in this case. And that's in large part what Gardner meant you, and that's what this offense did and it was a niche for them and that wasn't the case if you look back a couple of weeks prior for Gardner Minshew in Baltimore no 100% and you even look at the early rushing touchdowns for Travis Etienne I mean he wasn't efficient really over at all uh, overall in the day but had the two big explosive touchdowns you know one a very very nice run one just 
I think was off one of those turnovers. And then otherwise, they were good at kind of containing him as well as they could. But, you know, when you get those big plays and, and flip the field like that, and uh, it, it just kind of changes the complexion of the entire game. It's uh, PFF's Brad Spielberger with us. A lot of people have been talking about this, especially since Jonathan Taylor got that extension. And at some point, we expect Michael Pittman Jr. will probably get that. And I, and I have um, looked at free agency ahead at the wide receiver position in the offseason. And it's not great. Uh, certainly not great by a stretch. What, what do you think? Let's just say, for example, if Michael Pittman Jr. does hit free agency, what, what is going to be the market for him? Because it is the way that it looks without a lot of great names, is he going to get incredibly overpaid? And might that first team to overpay him be right here in Indy? Yeah, well, I think you see a franchise tag come in. So, look, I mean, T. Higgins in Cincinnati, I'd put it close to a 100% chance he gets franchise tag there. Uh, I think it's, in Indianapolis it's probably pretty similar. Uh, and so then that kind of enables you to work off of your own market and to dictate where that price point's going to be. You know, I think it's in the second tier of wide receiver. I think maybe you try to get $20 million or a little bit above $20 million. Um, I think you're not kind of getting into that. $23 million range that we saw you know, Devo Samuel, DK Metcalf, those type of players get. Um, I just don't think he's, a, he's an explosive athlete in that category. He's a very good possession wide receiver, big body guy, reliable, good on third downs, you know, good in, in high leverage moments, but, but I don't think he's a true you know, force multiplier, take coverage away from other players type of guy. So, you know, right in that second boat in that 18 to 20 million range, maybe a bit more because, you know, like you said, I mean, if you do go into free agency and you are open to a bunch of bidders, yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to get the Christian Kirk treatment where, uh, you know, I remember I had him projected at about $14 million a year. I had five different people tell me I was crazy and it was way too high. Uh, and he got $18 million a year uh, a couple of weeks later. What do you think his value is? How do you view, how does PFF view Michael Pittman Jr. in terms of all the wide receivers in the NFL? We're not Numbers-wise, not so much ranking, but where is he? Is he in a, a, a top tier, a medium tier? Where would you slot him at that position? Yeah, no, he, he's not in the top tier. You know, I think, like I just said, he obviously, and not just testing numbers, but you watch the film. I mean, can he... You know, beat you downfield with speed, not really. Is he the best lateral athlete and going to create a ton of separation on his routes? Not really. But, again, he's a very reliable possession receiver, great hands, rarely drops the football, uh, can win those 50-50 balls. You know, to him it's more 80-20, all all those, you know, classic sayings. Um, You know, good box-out player. I think he's smart enough to sit down in zones and find soft spots and is a savvy player. I'm not saying he's bad in any of those categories. It's just when you're starting to pay top of market, you're paying for traits as much as you're paying for production. Yeah. The production is there. You know, the, the, the traits kind of are not really there. So, yeah, he's a, look, again, I'm not, he's a top top 35, top 30 receiver in the, in the NFL, let's say, but, you know, in the, in the 25 to 30 range, not in the, you know, top 10, top 15 range. Right, Brad, the reason why I ask is because you look at just a, a bad result overall in Jacksonville on Sunday, and if you were to look at the numbers, you know, he had nine receptions for 109 yards, and, you know, most people would, would take that on, on any particular Sunday here, and I, I don't know, sometimes your numbers do get skewed, and I was just kind of curious where he might slot in terms of numbers just like that and days like that. Yeah, the production's great. No no question about it. And again, like I'm t- trying to frame this as though I'm, you know, being critical or negative of the guy, sure. but you know, even dating back to last year when he had less than 10 yards per reception. I mean, that 
Like that's like a, that's like a slot receiver number, right? I mean, we're just not really used to seeing that from your number one X outside player. Not a lot of explosive plays, not a lot of missed tackles forced. He basically wins in the air and then probably gets tackled. Again, it's a valuable skill set to have. Um, but, but again, you're paying top dollar for guys that can catch it and break off 60-yard explosive touchdowns or, you know, make guys miss in open space and, and, and win that way. He's just very, very good. I, I don't know if he's great in any particular athletic area. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus joins us. Browns coming to Indy on Sunday. Browns upset the Niners, handing them their first loss in Cleveland on Sunday. Cleveland's 3-2. and two. Uh, Surprisingly enough, getting that done without Deshaun Watson. But what I want to talk about is their defense. Everybody wants to talk about their defense, especially up front. How good has it been? How good is it right now going into this Week 7 matchup with the Colts? It's comfortably a top-five defense in the NFL. Uh, it, it is a really, really stout unit. Jim Schwartz, the new defensive coordinator, has done exactly what people expected, which is to come in and deploy that new-look defensive line super creatively. I mean, you have Miles Garrett lining up as a stand-up, you know, mugging the A-gap in the middle. He's rushing from both ends. You have Zadarius Smith and him both kicking inside on certain passing downs. You know, and then Ogbock Aronquo will come in and play the edge. He's had a very good year. Um, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson's been a good fit on the interior for them because their biggest weakness last year really was against the run. Uh, and now they're, you know, in a bunch of metrics like success rate, the best team in the NFL against the run. And then lastly, I mean, you know, you use back-to-back, not back-to-back, but first-round picks on cornerbacks in Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. They're both playing like first-round picks right now. I think Denzel Ward's one of the best corners in the NFL so far this season. You know, Jeremiah Lusakoromoa, linebacker, one of the best coverage backers in the NFL, and also a, a guy that plays with his hair on fire and kind of wants to, you know, like Isaiah Franklin, like wants to blow plays up and get in the backfield. So, long answer short, this is one of the most talented defenses in the NFL at every single level, and they also have a phenomenal steward uh, in Jim Schwartz. So what you also may be telling us is this is not a hell of a good time for the Colts to look offensively as they did with their backup quarterback in Jacksonville last weekend, correct? It is not the great t- greatest time in the world for that, no. I mean, when you hold the San Francisco 49ers who'd scored 30-plus points in five straight weeks to, you know, what, 12, whatever it was, yeah, that, that, or 17, yeah, that's, that's never good. There's a, a right tackle of local interest here from Ben Davis High School locally in Ohio State and Dewan Jones at right tackle. How has he looked so far from your standpoint and from PFF this season? He's looked great, and in particular as a pass blocker. He'll come along as a run blocker. He is a pretty good athlete for you know his six foot eight, like 355-pound frame, whatever it is, but, but not quite there yet at the NFL level. But as a pass protector, has looked incredibly good. And, and they're putting him on an island, giving him tough one-on-one matchups, you can go watch a dozen reps against Nick Bosa in this game, and he's able to win one-on-one against him without chip help, anything like that. Um, he looks really, really good, and I think he's going to be a good player for a long time there uh, in Cleveland. So Brad Spielberger joins us each and every Tuesday right here from Pro Football Focus on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Who, um, who really – I guess looked as if they were the best team because you had a couple of uh, uh, teams that lost for the first time being one in Philly and certainly the other in San Francisco at home. I should say on the road against Cleveland, we were just talking about the Niners and that loss, but who would you put atop of your list right now going into week seven from what you have seen in, in these first weeks, this first quarter or so of the NFL season? 
I would still leave the San Francisco 49ers up there. You know, obviously you want to see the injury statuses for Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think either guy is going to be out for an extended period. And I still just think they are the most physical football team in the NFL on both sides of the ball. And then just have depth of talent, uh, you know, along their defensive line is deep. They're obviously receiving weapons. You know, you, you lose Brandon Ayuk for a game. They still score 40 points in that game. So if they are without Debo Samuel and maybe Christian McCaffrey, I think they can find a way to still win. Um, I still have the Niners as the best team right now. Um, but, you know, what? look, I mean, they played a good defense and it was bad weather in Cleveland, but they got punched in the mouth a little bit. So they, they got to bounce back. But I, I'm still a believer. We saw the Bills win on Sunday night, but uh, far from the type of offense that anybody would expect. I, I guess I would argue, are these the types of evenings or afternoons that now we're going to come to expect a little bit more often than them just being you know, a top level up and down the field offense as some, I think, expected going into this year? Yeah, you know, the offense really underratedly, I think, doesn't have a, a reliable week-to-week pass catcher beyond Stephon Dix. I mean, they traded uh, up in the first round to take Dalton Kincaid. He's coming along slowly. I think now a little bit dinged up with injury, um, but just hasn't really been a huge factor so far. Gabriel Davis is the classic. Either he has four catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns, or he has two catches for nine yards in the afternoon. Like, they just they, they don't have a go-to guy besides Diggs, and it's why you see, you know, Josh Allen have to play hero ball so often. You know, his touchdown to Quentin Morris, the tight end, that was his first target and first catch of the season, by the way. Um, you know, it was a miraculous play by Josh Allen throwing across his body after scrambling around like crazy. Like, that's a it's part of the offense because it kind of has to be that the pass protection is not great either. So, I'm not saying it's a bad offense. It's just that there's not a lot of consistent winners besides Stephon Diggs on a week-to-week basis. You know, it's funny. You watch the Chargers lose on Monday Night Football, Brad, last night, and and they can give you a handful, if not more, of individual reasons why you're looking for them to be one of the close-to-elite-level teams in the NFL. And then you watch them last night, and on the field in their play, they give you every reason why you would not want to put them in that particular position. Why is that? Is that just the players disappointing? Is that uh, the coaching situation that we see translate onto the field? Why are they so disappointing in the fashion in which they were last night? Yeah, last night to me was a glaring coaching, uh, you know, answer to that question. I mean, just so many little mental mistakes, so many, you know, illegal formation or pre-snap penalties or, you know, defensive holding. The third and 19 defensive holding, it was two different players. One of them was like five yards past the line of scrimmage. It's like, why are you even holding a guy that's going to need to pick up 15 yards after the catch to even get a first down if he does get the ball? And and there was so much of that throughout the entire night. They just – you know, they're not a well-coached team. They're not disciplined. It's just all these little mental mistakes. Look, it does fall on the players as well. I'm not saying they're not, you know, responsible. But when it happens week after week across the entire roster, you kind of get the idea, you know what, it might be a coaching issue. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus is with us. What are you writing about this week, Brad? We're covering the, the trade deadline wire to wire. So I'm very focused on that, trying to you know hit up people across the league, hear about any rumors or names, and, and put out realistic trade values for players across the league. All right, well, give me, give me something right now. Give us something that you're, you're talking about, you're hearing about, you're writing about. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, obviously I think we're in an NFL now where the, the good teams want to go all in and, and the bad teams I think are more realistic with making moves and, and cutting their losses. So we saw the Philadelphia Eagles – 
go out and sign Julio Jones a couple hours ago. I think they're going to make a splash in the secondary, potentially at safety, um, with Reed Blankenship dealing with a rib injury. I can see them trade for a safety, so keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, some of the teams I think are now sellers, maybe Tennessee, maybe Minnesota to a degree, willing to cut ties with some good players on those rosters. So, yeah, a lot going on, a lot of different names, a lot of different teams. But uh, I think it's going to be a very busy and active deadline this year, no question. So what do you think about – and one more thing here. You mentioned Tennessee. Uh, the backups to Ryan Tannehill, who's going to be out. What do you think about those situations? Who do you think, I, I guess, ultimately steps up above the other, whether it's Willis or Levis? Who, who do you think is going to be the one that's going to get that gig? And what do you expect out of either at this point? It's got to be Levis. Uh, I mean, Willis, you watch him play, and this is the issue last year. He, he had 12 dropbacks in the game, and he took sacks on four of them. His average time to throw was over three and a half seconds. Like, he just he doesn't see the game fast enough. And, you know, it was kind of an issue of Levis's in college as well, but he, he trade up in the early second-round pick to take him. I think you have to play him because Willis is just not viable. He, he, he just can't play fast enough as a quarterback. So, uh, I think it's got to be Levis. And I think he might not be throwing to DeAndre Hopkins anymore. He might be you know, on the way out with the trade as well. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of sacks and, and all the same. I think it's going to be ugly. That, that is not a talented offensive roster whatsoever. That's uh, Brad Spielberger's got the latest in information as we approach the NFL trade deadline and more at Pro Football Focus every Tuesday in the 4 o'clock hour right here. Brad, I always appreciate that. We'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Brad Spielberger right there. I mentioned Dewan Jones. And you watch. They showed some of the highlights. I think it was Brian Baldinger that always has the Twitter highlights of, you know, offensive linemen doing great work. And Dewan Jones was one of the highlights of that over the weekend, too. And by the way, if you're asking, I know that James has reached out for Dewan Jones and for David Bell. I either one. And because you know, somebody had asked me, hey, you're going to get these guys on their local interest and people want to hear from them. That, that's not lost on us. Like all we can do or all James can do is send something over there. Now, if somebody around here would like to expedite that process, then we would go along with it. But James can only do what James can do at this point. But yeah, it was not lost on us whatsoever because especially with DeWan Jones, you know, getting that started right tackle and then so far this season doing the work that he has done. Yeah, it's an incredibly interesting story. But you do have on that offense uh, a couple of Indiana, Indianapolis in this case, ties with David Bell and DeWan Jones. And Dewan Jones at right tackle is having a very good year to this point. But James has reached out. James, what kind of response have you received to this point? Uh, crickets up to this point. Crickets. Is that good or bad? What's that mean, crickets? That means complete silence. Nothing. Complete silence. <laughs> See, this is what I love to do. And this is, I love to do it because it, it, it pisses off football teams is when I say, if somebody knows him and you want to hear him, just tell him to call in and we'll talk to him. And it really pisses, which makes me laugh at times. But we try, as always. I'm sure the other two shows are trying as well. I mean, we certainly understand the local interest that both would have. You know, especially with David Bell and Warren and Purdue. Uh, but I know James has reached out. So that's... 
to this point is that Joel A. Erickson of the Star, 5 o'clock hour, Grover Stewart's a major screw-up. A major screw-up for him, his team, for you. Six games suspended for violating the NFL's PED policy. Mike Chappell had this a little bit earlier via social media. From a monetary standpoint, six-game suspension means forfeiting over $3 million of a 9.285 base salary. So with that six-gamer and being suspended without pay, 3.095 mil gone. And uh, Grover Stewart also in the final year of a three-year $30.75 million extension. Over $3 million lost. And certainly in terms of on the field, in terms of you, the fans, yeah, a lot more too. Uh, Joey Erickson, we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. Bullseye event passes again coming up a little bit later on. MLB's championship series. Uh, been good so far. I think Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia and Texas are incredibly fun to watch. And this date in history, one of the more memorable for a bad reason, more memorable World Series. Yeah, it may go past a lot of you right here, but man, not only that, but we had one of the one of the greatest that you have ever seen retirement announcements in Major League Baseball earlier today. Got a couple of those stories coming up. Your calls at 239-1070. Inside the Windshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live. That is the lounge. And the ride with JMV. We're coming back with you on the other side. 93-5107. Find the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I am the cream here, the cream of the crop, and there is no one that does it better. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Thank you to Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Greg Rakestraw a little bit earlier, too. The podcast with each 107.5thefan.com. Hey, by the way, a variety of ways you can watch. I would love to have you be brand new inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the Win Shuler's Spreadable Cheeses Lounge. Love to have you in there. You know, you can also get it on, on our and my Facebook page. Uh, via social media, X, for example, or what is formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, a variety of ways you can do it. I know HD Radio makes us sound really good. Stream the app, 93.5107.5, the fan, the big news of the day, and you thought that maybe it was going to be the end of the season for rookie Anthony Richardson, but as the Colts normally do, they give us just an endless amount of entertainment. If you don't see it on the field as you did not on Sunday, more than likely there's some more entertainment just around the corner. And to that, Grover Stewart today has been suspended without pay for the next six games for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances. 
He will be eligible to return following week 13 and the Colts matchup on the road in Nashville against Tennessee. Uh, He did issue a statement on his Instagram apologizing for it. I don't think that at all. I don't think at all that I'm exaggerating regarding it seemingly is always stinking something. I think that, that ultimately that's when you're going to know. And I know it's easy to say when they start winning, but you're going to know that the ship has been righted when this type of it's just constant something like Sean sent me this I think Sean's right on target so we had that 24-hour period where everything was fine you know you just signed Jonathan Taylor Anthony Richardson was healthy and all was good for about 24 hours I listen and I talked about this too I thought one of their best wins in a while was that win over Tennessee and not because Tennessee is any good they're not But because there's a losing streak to the Titans, the owner was sick and tired of being out tough by Mike Vrabel on that team. And a losing streak inside Lucas Oil Stadium was the division rival. You had all that swirling information regarding Jonathan Taylor, you know, finally exhaust itself out with an extension that was inked to paper a day earlier. I, I was, I was, I really was happy to see them win for you in the variety in which they did and then per usual it's short-lived you go to jacksonville the same old kind of crap down there and then now you get the richardson news you talked about an ac joint sprain and jim ursay telling stephen holder last night that this will probably end his season meaning that he will opt for surgery but, yeah, you get about 24 hours. It's uh, two steps forward, three steps back. Jeremiah Wheatley says, rocking the Boston T-shirt with a fresh haircut, too. The Boston T-shirt is accurate, Jeremiah. The fresh haircut, it is not. I need my haircut bad. I think I just pounded it down today. Actually, who am I kidding? I barely run a comb through it, and I just go with it. <laughs> about it. Uh, BT writes this, either players no ways around it or they stopped using PEDs. Don't hear players getting suspended for it much anymore. Of course, it happens here. Uh, indeed. The never-ending story. I don't want to sound like Lamal, but that is true. Uh, JMV, I think we're talking about failure of leadership. Uh, you can put it all in a big pot, ultimately. Uh, especially when, when you're talking about a guy that gets suspended for six games that's supposed to be a team leader. And you know, I didn't know. And, and we are past the stage now with all the information they get to where the excuse is going to fly. And I didn't know. It may fly with me. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm popping pills and doing this and rubbing stuff on and injecting stuff. I'm doing all that. Nobody cares. But you know, they're... You have 24-7-365, somebody available to say, hey, you know what? What is this? Uh, is it is it detrimental? Is it performance enhancing? Is it um, illegal in terms of the NFL usage? I mean, There's just no excuse. 
yeah, don't get me wrong. You said all the right things in that paragraph, but uh, it's too little too late. That's great. You say all the right things, but you do all the wrong things leading up to it. That didn't help anybody. Well, much less your teammates. Uh, Frank is at 239-1070. Hello, Frank. Yeah, John. Um, the thing about Anthony Richardson, he reminds me too much of Bob Sanders. They were both in such great physical conditioning, and they're wound so tight that when they have a collision with another player or the ground, there's just no give in their bodies, and that's why they break. Yeah, that's probably another comparison that uh, nobody wants to hear about around here, Frank. You know, another guy that uh, was robbed of a great deal of talent and career shortened because of consistent injuries. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and what I brought up, Frank, was a little bit earlier that it, all these comparisons are going to come. And it's it's weird. Like, like Gardner Minshew and the Colts will get an opportunity, regardless of this news about Grover Stewart or whatever, they'll get a chance to turn this thing around immediately on Sunday and get everybody back in their good graces. But with Anthony Richardson, it is going to be a rest of this season and an off season of comparisons just like that, of conversations just like that, of, you know, the fact that, you know, He's never going to be healthy, or will he be able to maintain, you know, relative health to, you know, to ultimately equate to, you know, drafting him number four overall and being your quarterback for the long term future. And you're never going to see at all a resolution to that until, you know, basically this time next year when you string together some games without being injured. You're just never going to be able to get around this. It's, it's going to take a long time. It's going to be a topic, much like Andrew Luck and his injury situation was, especially late, where it's going to wear everybody out. I can't I can't recall somebody soft like Billy Kilmer getting <laughs> injured like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Frank, thank you for the call. See, this is what's going to make it difficult on me, and this is nothing against Frank. This is not a shot at Frank whatsoever. I just, when you're in the football season, and they're three and three right now, and I know things look bleak coming off that bad loss last weekend, but they're three and three in really what is not a great division at all. I mean, Tennessee may be on the verge of falling completely out. Surprised with C.J. Stroud. I love watching him quarterback as a rookie. You know, and Jacksonville was the front runner coming in. But your schedule still would dictate, if you look at it, the level of competition. And and that that's what is needed around here. I mean, there's no doubt that you, you want to win just to see them win. But to take everybody away from what is going to be a constant, and that is a comparison to anybody in the world, and especially since there is a yearbook full of them around here, but anybody that has ever had a, a consistent injury situation. This thing is going to be a marathon. Hey, JMV, are you going to go see John Mayer? Is that tonight, John Mayer at Gamebridge Fieldhouse? John Mayer. Is he the uh, – we gave away those tickets too, didn't we, James? Did he come up with the uh, song, Your Body's Like a Wonderland? That's probably a really good getting some song right there. I'm assuming if you put a pen to paper and wrote that song, it's reasonable to suggest you won't be going without for a long time, right?
Your body is a wonderland. Great guitarist, and more times than not, you see him at lead with Dead and Company, or at least you have in the past. I think he's done doing that now, but you have certainly in the past. Enjoy that at Cambridge Fieldhouse coming up later on tonight. And again, Grover Stewart suspended without pay the next six games for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances. Plus, you get, at some point, something solidified regarding Anthony Richardson and where they're going with that. As Jim Irsay told Stephen Holder last night, Jim Irsay's at the fall league meetings in New York City right now, but told Stephen Holder last night that probably the season is over for Anthony Richardson as the expectation is they and he will opt for shoulder surgery. Incredibly unfortunate. All right, 239-1070. My guy Marcellus is up next. Hello, Marcellus. How are you? Hey, what's up, my friend? How you doing? Am I lying? Is it always something? (laughs) I'm always something. Hey, man, I almost almost drove out the road when I heard that uh, Grover Chicken Wings to it. (laughs) what's called PEDs I'm like are you kidding me PEDs are you kidding me we lose AR and now we lose this guy what's next man I don't know I know you can expect it will be something right oh yeah man you know you're just bracing yourself for the next shoe you know the fall it is what it is man Um, you know my man Johnny Ringo didn't come through (laughs) He came through for the other guys, but uh, man, he threw some perfect spirals to the other teams. Uh, but hey, well, he he threw were, he threw one sideways to the other team. I don't know how the, I don't know how it was caught. It was going sideways. <laughs> hey man, look, I, I, I'm hoping that's just uh, you know yeah. maybe he's got a mental block about Jacksonville. He since he used to play it, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping we see a little bit better performance that that we've seen up to this point. The fact you call him Johnny Ringo is pretty funny. I think he would actually get a, a pretty big laugh out of being called Johnny Ringo. <laughs> they, got him, they got him with the mustache and the, you know all of that. You know, the long hair. You know, he just kind of reminds me of Tombstone. Ooh, Johnny Ringo. You think that's what Jacksonville said to him on Sunday? You look like somebody just walked <laughs> yeah, over your grave. Over your grave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marcellus, I'll be looking for you. Under pressure once again because Cleveland's coming to town, and there's no doubt that Johnny Ringo is going to be under pressure on Sunday. Oh, big time, man. Big time, man. Hey, look, man. Hey, look. Uh, it's only up from here, man. It's only up from here. You got it. Thanks, brother. All right, brother. My friend Marcellus right there. Under pressure was his request on Saturday night. Benny Greenwood says, true story, John Mayer invited one of my female college roommates backstage. No, I can't read the rest of that. (laughs) I want to really bad. (laughs) Wait a minute. I love how you just decided to sneak the back the backstory backstage in right there. That's funny. Thank you. Uh, Skimmy says, John Mayer's show is solo acoustic. Interacts, takes some requests, go for it. Nice. Hey, Don can lead on the other side. Joy Erickson regarding the suspension of Grover Stewart in any foreseeable timeline or expectation when officially we find out Anthony Richardson's season. I mean, officially, his rookie campaign is complete. That's uh, Joy Erickson, top of the hour. Your chance to go to Bullseye on Sunday is also coming up in the next 10 minutes. Stay right here.
The Rock. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hide with JMV. Ahoy, Poloi. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I need to read Ben and Greenwood's tweet over this. <laughs> uh, yeah, John Mayer tonight at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Those of you that have tickets, including my man Tommy Jacobs, High Sox. High Sox is going to be down there. Uh, this is not a Wednesday night. High Sox plays hoop on Wednesday night. Uh, he's going to be there tonight. Uh, with a lot of other folks as well. Two three nine ten seventy. Grover Stewart suspended six games, a violation of the substance abuse program in the NFL. Six games, not until early December, not until after the Tennessee game, and losing over three million dollars because he suspended without pay. Donk is a two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Donk. What's up, brother? Hey, I didn't know if you had a chance to watch Spacers last night, but they looked exceptionally exciting. Um, looks like those guys are smiling and enjoying their time. Hey, Donk, man, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Miles Turner fouled out in the third quarter, and if that would have happened last year, my whole timeline would have been nothing but lousy with rips on Miles Turner. Nothing. Not a peep last night. So people are on board with me finally now, aren't they? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. Jalen Smith came off the bench. He looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he looked looked pretty good. Knocked down a three. I couldn't believe it. Um, but hey, no, my my question is this, John. Yep. Okay, you got you got Brown only knocking in eight points, but you got healed on the bench. Why can't we bring Matherin, place him at the three, so we can start both healed and Matherin at the same time? Um, you know, I. I I don't mind the idea, honestly, Donk, of healed off the bench with the second unit with that scoring mentality. Now, they may have to change that up, buddy, if yeah, they don't get the three-point shot-making volume. And, you know, that, that pace goes down of, you know, points per whatever goes down at all. I know they look at analytics. But I, I don't really mind his productivity coming off the bench. That's just me. Well, I don't know. As long as he's happy with the role. Hey, yeah, man, as yeah. as we got this last thing to let you go. Yep. John, if you ever run out of spreadable cheese, I can help you. <laughs> Donk, thank you very much. I don't know if Wynn Schuler will use that as a commercial. Thank you, Donk. Do I get a minute to do this? I think so. I, can we go to break with this? No? No, we better not. Um, so Trevor May of the A's retired today. Uh, Trevor May retired in, <laughs> you talk about going out in a blaze of glory. Oh, take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else. If you're going to be, oh, I've got to wait on this. We'll do that. Quick break. We'll come back. This date in World Series history as well coming up with Joel A. Erickson of the Star and 239-1070. If you want to go to Bullseye on Sunday, number nine is going to go. All you can eat, all you can drink. BullseyeEventGroup.com, the Colts VIP tailgate. Number nine's a winner. 93.5107. Five the fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Two more minutes. They could be miles off course. That's impossible. They're on instruments. A real sweat. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, bullseye passes. More to give away coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Right here. Thank you for joining us. Hey, on the road, Free Spirit coming up in Castleton. Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna's Ultra Kill the Shots on Thursday. Bud Light Blue Friday is uh, downtown. Slippery Noodle Browns Colts tickets to give away. Uh, if you guys did not hear, Grover Stewart suspended for six games, which means he is not eligible to return until early December, in fact, after the Tennessee game. Uh, violation of the substance abuse policy in the NFL. PED policy, however you want to describe it. I didn't put it in the legalized terms by the NFL, but you catch my drift on it. Six games for Grover Stewart. His apology from his IG. I've hit that a couple of different times, and this is a major malfunction and a gaping hole that is left, even beyond the fact that ultimately we would expect this week we're going to hear from the Colts about you know, something newsworthy concretely that they have opted for surgery. Anthony Richardson, the rookie quarterback, opts for shoulder surgery and his season is over. Uh, this certainly compounds things greatly to talk about that and more from the Indianapolis star. He is Joel A. Erickson. I, it's always something around here, man. I, I don't know how long you've been around here. How long have you been around here covering the Colts, buddy? I, uh, I started covering them in 18... 18- uh, right before they went on that big winning streak that got them in the playoffs, yep. and and pretty much pretty much everything after that has been a a steady stream of of crazy and or weird news. It is um it's seemingly always something. I mean, it really is. And I, I mentioned that in the press box, you know, during the Tennessee game when we went down. I thought, you know, this could and, and this is just me eyeballing it. I mean, hell, I knew nothing, but. I just kind of wondered if this is going to be a situation to where, you know, you go on the IR for four weeks, gives you time to make a decision, and then ultimately you never see him back on the field again. And I think that's, again, as Jim Irsay mentioned yesterday, that's the path in which we're on right now. But just simply out of nowhere with this Grover Stewart stuff right now, you take anything away from his Instagram apology and obviously the direction of the Colts without a major contributor on that defensive front. Yeah, it, it seems like it seems like he, without saying it explicitly, it seems like Grover is trying to say um, that he took, you know, there was something in something he took. He didn't yeah. realize it. Um, that's in terms of what it means for the defense. He's he's a, re, a really big loss. It, it's it, especially for the run defense. You know, he he was playing sixty percent of the snaps. Um, obviously, I think Colts fans have gotten pretty accustomed to teams not being able to run up the middle. It, I think their best bet is probably Eric Johnson, the the fifth round pick from last year. He's been playing twenty percent of the snaps, kind of spelling Grover a little bit. Taven Bryan is a free technique tackle, and I think you know that that game that he had to play a lot in place of in place of DeForest Buckner. We saw that he's 
He's not really going to be good against the run the way that Grover is. I think Eric Johnson is probably their best bet. Um, and and beyond that, I, they're probably going to have to sign somebody. Uh, Johnson's really the only other nose tackle on the roster. Uh, Adabare is more of a three technique slash defensive end guy. That's kind of kind of who the rest of those guys are. So I think they're probably going to have to sign somebody. But it's a lot, a lot of stuff put on shoulders of Eric Johnson. I think this week. Yeah, and in a huge loss going into a game and coming off a really bad loss on the road at Jacksonville Sunday and getting, you know, Cleveland coming in here certainly on a Sunday for week number seven. Um, are we going to get, you think, any further information from Grover regarding what, what happened here and, and what actually took place? Or you think that that apology on Instagram is, is going to be what he's going to talk about here? That's going to be it. Bye. My my assumption is that that, that what, what we saw on Instagram is probably what we're going to get until until December when he's eligible to come back. I think then we'll be able to maybe ask more questions and maybe give more. But, you know, it's not like once a player is suspended, it's not like they're in the locker room. It's not like we can go up and ask them about it. Um, so I, I think that's probably it. That'd be my guess, um, especially since there's not really like there's not really necessarily an appeal process, at least from my read of the. The, the performance enhancing drug policy earlier they, they do a, a initial sample and they do a, a, a b sample and and that's when they levy the suspension so um plus it, it didn't sound like grover was trying to say in his statement that there was any legal room to the test so i, I think probably it's going to stand on that until december he will miss out on three plus million dollars of salary over that time that is a major malfunction financially right there too yeah, they they it's 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 six games, and the 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 release that the NFL always puts out is is careful to say without pay. That's yeah. the, it's it's basically just your base salary broken down. So if you have a if you have a, a a salary or a contract that where a lot of your money is in a bonus, um, it would lessen the hit. But Grover's is Grover's is almost ten million dollars in base salary this year. So that's that's where you get the the big the big hit financially. It's uh, Jolie Erickson, the star, as we move on to Anthony Richardson. And I don't think at any point were we really that surprised at the words of to Stephen Holder uh, of ESPN from Jim Irsay late last night. And I, I guess I want to double back and get your initial thoughts. Was there ever a point in time, I mean, especially going back to the press box in that Tennessee game, where you thought maybe this could ultimately be the outcome for the rookie quarterback? Um, well, I mean, Steichen kind of said it last week that it, that that was the possibility. You know, we asked him. That was the first time I really had had thought about it. Was the uh, when we asked him twice last week on Wednesday if this could be season ending, and he said, "We'll see." He said, "You know, he, he let's put it this way. He didn't say no. He didn't say it's going to be season ending, but he said it, it's pot, which is kind of where we still are." Um, and then and then after that, thinking about it. You know, I think I think in football, Colts fans, Colts fans may be the exception of this because they've they've obviously dealt with their fair share of shoulder injuries. But I think in football, we don't have a lot of of shoulder injuries. But base, if you watch baseball a lot, you kind of know these things are complicated and they take a long time to figure out. Um, and so everything that's kind of happened since, basically based on what Steichen said last week, has made sense to me. So Joey Erickson of the Star, who was with us, I put it to you this way. Are the Colts just going to be screwed if every team defensively now comes at them and 
you know, plays against the run and takes away the short pass and will allow them if they can because they cannot to get down the field. With this group, with this personnel, are they just essentially going to be screwed? Well, we have seen them run against these types of fronts before. Uh, in 2021, especially that last eight games of the season, um, they they really couldn't throw the ball very well at all either. And they were able to find answers with with Taylor in some of those games. Now, obviously, it didn't end up it didn't end up carrying through to the end of the season, but they were able to find some answers down the stretch. I, I think they probably have to do some different stuff uh, running wise. You know, it's the first time they really had to. That see a team leaving a team leaving their base defense on the field, even when you have three receivers on the field, is and and sort of regardless of down or distance is, is pretty unheard of in today's NFL. Uh, I, I would guess it probably took them by surprise a little bit. So they there probably are some answers, but ultimately uh, losing Richardson it it does really hamper the offense just in terms of the. He made things easier in the run game. I think if you go back and watch his watch Zach Moss's big touchdown run against Tennessee, and you watch the safeties, they're looking at Richardson when the running while the running back is getting through the hole. Um, and then in the passing game, I mean, we, we've seen it now in a couple of games here. The, the deep ball from Minshew, the ability to drive it, and not just the deep ball, but some of those intermediate throws, the ones that you need to be able to rip it the way Richardson can. Yeah, two of those were interceptions on Sunday. I think I think that it's, it's it does limit the offense significantly, and it's really going to be a test for Shane Steichen and for Jim Bob Cooter. Well, was that shockingly out of character in terms of Gardner Minshew, Joel, to you forcing the football in the fashion in which he did? I, once they got down, you know, that's one thing, but it's not like it really took them you know, to get down for him to force the issue as he did. You know, for a quarterback that we had lauded, a guy that makes great decisions and is cool, calm, and collected, he didn't look anything like that on Sunday. Yeah, historically, historically, he hasn't thrown many interceptions. That might be the, the part that was a little surprising, although two of them were to open receivers and, and not good throws. Um, but But I think that the pressure – the way he handled pressure on Sunday is something that if, I think if you're a training camp a lot, you can kind of see that he's not great on the move. Um, and, and against Baltimore too, um, you kind of saw that in the pan, in the pocket when he, when he starts getting pressure, he tends to speed up things too much. I, I thought that was one of my big takeaways, but there were, there were a handful of plays where it felt like maybe he had, like there had, there was pressure, but maybe he had found himself some more space in the pocket. And and ultimately, he instead of, of holding onto it, he, he threw it away. And I, I think that's probably something I, I, I was expecting. The, the some of the issues posed by his arm strength too. I think we saw that in training camp as well. Yeah, I saw Joel what Jim Bob Cooter said earlier today about uh, how defensively Jacksonville stayed in that base and they didn't care what our personnel grouping was. And, and I just, I'm just i just kind of curious, so they're just going to beat their head against the wall for the foreseeable future if that takes place. And, and what they're getting on Sunday is an even more talented defense of Cleveland. I, are you curious, at least in the outset early on this week, how they intend on handling that? Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland is, a, is another – world to itself entirely at least at least from the numbers i was looking at earlier they they only gave up 94 yards in an entire game to the titans earlier this season they have not given up more than 300 yards to anybody at all um 
they're only giving up something like 200 yards per game. And, and it's and the the, mo- the most remarkable thing about Cleveland's defense is they've only forced four turnovers. They're they're second they're tied for second to last in the NFL in turnovers forced, which means they're just stopping people. They're just forcing people to punt over and over and over again. I think I think the stat I saw earlier was that 50 percent of the drives that the Browns face so far this season have not resulted in a first down, which is uh, 12% better than any other defense in the league and far better than most defenses. Um, it, it's, this is, this is a, a really, really good defense. You and yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Well, and, and then consider this, because it is a daunting task up front, beginning with Miles Garrett. But you can make an argument that it's, it, Denzel Ward, for example, has been one of the better quarterbacks to start this season in the NFL. I was just talking to the PFF guys about this before you came on. It's it's almost like this defensively in this 4-3-D that they have is a, a, a pick-your-poison that is offered up there from Jim Swartz. Yeah, if, if they, they, they can stack the box the way Jacksonville did and feel honestly better about – their coverage than the Jaguars did. And you saw how, how brazen the Jaguars were about staying in that heavy front and going up against the, the Colts. So it, it's, it's, it's rough. It's a rough matchup uh, for, for the Colts or really for any team right now, but especially the Colts, the way they're, their way they're configured. Although some degree, basically no passing attack has done anything. If you, if you can shut down the Niners, the, I mean, I know McCaffrey and the Debo Samuel got hurt. But if you can shut down the Niners right now, you're you're you can shut down anybody. Uh, Joel Erickson of the Star joins us. W- would you expect them to to utilize differently their running backs? Got 15 carries and 55 passes from Minshew, and you know some have been critical. Others have responded with, "Well, what else are you going to do? Um, you, you're going to have to try to do something else." How would you think they try to utilize against this defense both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss on Sunday? Well, I, I think I think one of the ways is if, if they stack the box again like they did. I I do think they'll probably come up with some answers in the run game, not not necessarily knowing exactly what they are, to to try to get some more creases there, um, just because you know they've they've seen what fifty five passing attempts can do. Um, but I, I also think that one of them is just find more ways to get them the ball in the passing game. They they each had more than five catches, um, so a lot of them were dump offs, but. Are there other ways to get them involved in the passing game to get the ball in their hands uh, short, kind of use that as an extension of the running game if they're playing that? And then, I mean, ultimately, it, it, it comes down to they've got to be able to hit throws early. They've, they've got to be able to hit throws early and not when it's garbage time and they're already down 31-6. to six. They, They've got to be able to hit those throws down the field. I, I thought there were – I thought that was a big part of Sunday's game was there were opportunities – they were missed. They just were missed. There were there were guys open that were missed. I mean, the, the second interception uh, that's an open Michael Pittman Jr. that he just he just sailed it over his head. So Joel A. Erickson of the Star covers the Colts. Uh, Grover Stewart's news again: a six-game suspension without pay. Uh, we've been talking about that and a lot more with this matchup regarding the Browns. A um, little bit about. Alec Pierce, I know that it was suggested he's going to be monitored. What, what's your expectation is going to be? I guess I could add Kylan Granson, who's in concussion protocol as well. 
Um, that's not been good so far to the Colts, certainly. What about those two receivers that certainly could be utilized on Sunday against this vaunted Browns defense? Yeah, it, it, it's hard to tell with Pierce. Uh, I know in the locker room he felt like he was in an okay spot. Um, but, I mean, if you saw him run off the field, he was also kind of holding it. He was kind of moving it a little bit in the in the locker room. So they, they kind of said day-to-day yesterday. Granted, the concussion protocol, I think Colts fans know it's probably – lean on the unlikely side of things that he plays this week based on based on what's happened with, with the protocol earlier this year. The, the teams are being very cautious with it. The Colts are being very cautious with it, as they should. They should be. Um, but, uh, you know, I think there's a chance that they, they, they just signed Juwan Winfrey, too, which is, a, is, is generally an indicator that, you know, they're at the very least uncertain about Pierce's status or how much he's going to be able to play. Uh, Kylan Granson, and we've known, you know, obviously the history of, you know, going into concussion protocol has not been a good one in that, that initial Sunday, that initial week here. What's your thoughts on Kylan Granson's availability and that possibility moving forward? Yeah, I, I think I think Mo Alley-Cox is the only player who's been active. That's what I thought, uh, yeah. This, this season, after suffering a concussion the week before, Granson's symptoms were late developing. I, I don't necessarily know if that – I don't necessarily know if that that changes the 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 thing, the diagnosis or the, the expectation at all. I, I think it just comes down to teams teams are being very careful with concussions and their turn to play, and uh, I think the overwhelming percentage for players who've been placed in the concussion protocol across the NFL this this league this year is they have not been active for the next game. So I I would lean on the on the side of unlikely. How winnable? Because I know that at least competitive wise in terms of winability. I think we all looked at that schedule moving forward and, you know, even with Gardner Menchu thought, yeah, they should be competitive in, in most of these games moving forward. Does Sunday's performance by the quarterback and this team overall, does that cast kind of a shadow on what maybe you, what maybe I thought was the competitive nature of this team moving forward, starting with Cleveland on Sunday? Uh, well, I think I think against defenses like the two they're going to face the next week, I think it, it does change the the calculus a little bit for me on those. You know, the the Jaguars coming into it, statistically speaking, were a a decent defense, but they were not a a, a top five defense in the league. The next two teams that they're facing, the Browns and the Saints, are now. You know, the Patriots, the Panthers, um, the Raiders, uh, some of these other teams on the back end of the schedule, they, they look more gettable. But, you know, losing Stewart is a big blow for six games uh, to your run defense. Uh, and and then you get, you know, you start getting into games where you've got uh, teams that could exploit your secondary. Like Derek Carr is hurt and you're not playing very well right now, but Michael Thomas and Chris Olave for the Saints are two very good receivers that they're going to face in a couple weeks. Joe Burrow lurks down, down the road. Um I do think the expectations change a little bit with with Richardson out. There there was a feeling there was a feeling there with Richardson that the offense could get to if he kept developing that I don't know if it's uh there anymore in the offense with Minchu. This is what I wrote on Sunday. We're back to a place that's kind of familiar for us where yeah. the entire rest of the team kind of has to make up for the things the quarterback can't do. And that's a pretty tenuous spot, as we've we've learned the last couple of years. Uh, three interception, one fumble game is really bad regarding Gardner Minshew. It, 
Is there a point, because people have asked me this, and I have said no, but is there a point to where Shane Steichen would make a quarterback change if it still goes downhill? I don't. I don't see that happening at this point, if only because they, they where they've had Sam Ellinger just from training camp all the way through, he hasn't really been anywhere close to playing with the first team. Um, so I don't think that's what they're going to do. I also think that in general, based on Minshew's prior career, you would expect him not to throw in three interceptions or, or to have a major interception problem. His interception percentage over the course of his career is fairly low. The fumbling, though, the fumbling, though, may, is actually maybe something that they're going to have to deal with. He's, he's fumbled 24 times, I believe, in 26 career starts um, and, and 37 career games. And I, my editor, Nat Newell, kind of ran that over the last, you know, since he's been in the league. It does, it doesn't, if he's not the worst, but he's, he's, def, he, he's definitely in the bottom rung of quarterbacks in terms of that. So I do think there's going to be some ball security issues moving for, forward. Joel, before I let you go, I did want to double back to Anthony Richardson and what we assume to be at some point here an official announcement that his season is over and he's opting for surgery. Are you prepared? Because I'm not, and I I kind of put that point out there at the beginning of the show today. I'm not prepared to go through an offseason of – um, is he like this? Is he ever going to be able to, you know, to be on the field for an extended period of time? You know, in comparisons to Andrew Luck and what went on there late, I, I'm not prepared for that in any form or fashion. And I think the issue that you have is that we're not going to have any possibility of results or solutions or concrete information on this until about this time next year. Really, when you think about it regarding Anthony Richardson, because this time next year, you know, either he's out there and he's playing and he stays on the field or he isn't. And that's going to be a larger issue. This is going to be an ongoing saga for all of us to deal with, uh, certainly going into this time next year. Well, I think, you know, Joe Burrow obviously suffered a season ending injury his rookie year. Um, and was able to come back off of it. You're right. We're, we're not going to necessarily have answers, and there's going to be a lot of people that we're going to have to discuss a lot of stuff that we don't really have answers to going yeah. forward. Um, but but you can have an injury. You can have a, a bad injury your first year and end up coming back and being successful. Obviously, it's it's possible it can go the other way. Our, Akeem, uh, one of our other one of the other writers at the Star, Akeem Glassby, talked to a doctor at IU Health who said that um, if if in eventuality he does have surgery, that it's it's very high likelihood of success rate. And I think the one thing that you feel good about is I think Anthony Richardson was better than most people expected in what we've seen of him so far. And I think that's probably makes you feel a lot better than if you were in this situation and he hadn't looked like this. If he'd looked the way Bryce Young has looked so far and then he suffers a season ending injury, I think there's probably, you probably feel like you're in a lot worse spot uh, than you do when we, we, we saw some stuff from Richardson. We really did. Um, both as a runner and as a passer. And and I think that that probably helps as, as they go into this. You know, it, it's interesting you say that too because you can make an argument the one thing that we didn't see that is most troublesome and has historically been the case around here, Joel, is the availability, the consistency of that availability and not missing time. And, that, and again, that plays into – this is long before you got here. I mean, that, that, that plays into that whole luck thing and – 
you know, we're going to have to end up going through that. I think the entire offseason is going to be that, too. And, and everybody's going to point the finger to, all right, well, you've seen him out of the pocket. You've seen, you know, the, the whole entire package at times uh, of quarterback and, and what they were looking for drafting him number four overall. But what, what you have not seen in that short amount of time is – a consistent level of availability, which yeah, you're right regarding Joe Burrow. I just I just think with the way that Richardson is and will be utilized, casts more of a shadow of doubt with many on his situation. Yeah, I think I think the hardest part here, and it's it's really a hard part anytime we start talking about um, a player dealing with an injury situation, is what what people want to know is 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 this going to happen going forward? What is 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 he always going to be dealing with this? And the, the the right answer is that we don't know. <laughs> um, it's I, I if 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 teams had a better teams had a better look at what how players were going to deal with injury and stuff. I think they they'd probably use it. Um, and, and that's 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 it's not the answer anybody wants. You want to know exactly what's going to happen and how players are going to return. We we don't know. And I think that's the thing is that obviously it's it's the topic of conversation. We don't really have an answer. Do you think some of the past decisions regarding luck and in, in not opting for surgery or maybe even living in the moment now where this team is not expected to to do a great deal this season, is that playing more of a role in what ultimately looks like is going to be the decision to opt for surgery at end of season than it would be otherwise? I mean, I I think I, I, I'd be surprised if it didn't, if it wasn't at least in the back of the, the Colts' minds. Um, you know, it's they, they, this this franchise has a like I said earlier that the, the football shoulders um, aren't necessarily something that you see a lot. I mean, you see AC joint sprains, but not like not necessarily the serious ones. Um, and but but the Colts the Colts do have have some experience with shoulders, recent experience with shoulders, and I think they they're probably hyper aware of of the complexities of the, that joint. And I, it, I feel like it's got it's got to play into it. It's got to inform it. Whether whether it's the driving force or not, I don't know. But it, it, it'd be hard have a, for a franchise that's been through that to not be thinking about, you know, the like we've got to do whatever's best right away here to avoid this lingering longer than we want it to. I, I guess what I was thinking about, and it, it's tough to really gauge that dynamic, but I was thinking about if this were someplace else and not a place that you know has a history, not yeah. with the similar injury, but if it were someplace else on the NFL landscape, if this would be a situation where they would opt for surgery or they would just you know rehab that and put them back out there. Yeah, you know, is it, what if it's a, a, a you know what you know, Aaron Rodgers right now yeah. is apparently trying to defy you know medical knowledge with right. Achilles tendon. Like if if it's a guy in that perspective, if it's somebody like that, it, I, I you know if it's an experienced quarterback, an established star quarterback, uh, you you might be right. Maybe maybe the the, the calculus is different. See. I even brought it upon you right here. All this stuff we're going to have to talk about for the better part of a year. <laughs> and we're talking about it during the season. That's why That's why I'd like to see them step out of what was a bad loss last weekend because they can put at least to bed for a little bit a lot of this conversation by being, you know, enjoyable to watch, entertaining to watch, competitive to watch. And now, you know, regarding, you know, the Grover Stewart stuff and what we saw last weekend, uh, there's a shadow of doubt cloaked over that as well. So... Yeah, it does. I do think it changes the 
it, it alters the expectation level a little no bit. You're, you're kind of back more in a, you're kind of back more to where I think we were at the beginning of the season. Whereas I think after, you know, really even after four games, you're like, hey, you know, the schedule, the way Richardson's playing, who knows? And now I think it's more, it's more back to, we got to wait and see if they can come up with answers to some very obvious questions that have arisen in the last couple of weeks. All right. Well, head back to school so you can make sure you get uh, your uh, orthopedic surgeon degree or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to be an expert on that, Joel, moving forward. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. So, Joel A. Erickson of the Star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Get ready because here it comes. Greg Rakestraw, Brad Spielberger, Joel A. Erickson, Podcast 1075thefan.com. Inside the Win Schuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live. It's 93.5 and 1075 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. They call me Cuba I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom chick chicky boom. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. So in 2008, for those of you that don't know, I was drafted at 18 years old. I'm now 34 years old, 16 seasons, 10 major league seasons, and I am officially announcing my retirement from professional baseball. Now that it's official, to the A's organization and every single person part of it, I love all of you. Every single one of you except for one guy. We all know who that guy is. Sell the team, dude. I tried to get a sell shirt. It didn't get here fast enough. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually, like, takes pride in the things they own own something. There's actually people who give a shit about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. So that's one thing I really struggled with this year was not just eviscerating that guy. That's uh, former now A's pitcher Trevor May, who announced his retirement... (laughs) on a podcast today and then uh, tore to shreds the team's owner john fisher quote take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else if you're going to be a greedy blank own it there's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras (laughs) one of the more unique ways of retiring that we saw from, again, former A's reliever Trevor May. Uh, that was that was interesting right there. That was on a video live stream. So the, uh, the A's owner, what's his name, John Fisher, his uh, family, he referenced mommy and daddy's money. I want to say, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say his... Um, his family fortune comes from the gap. Look up John Fisher. I believe it's the gap. <laughs> that um, was quite hilarious right there. The gap and baby gap is baby gap still there. Or is it closed now? I don't think there's baby gap anymore, right? There's a couple of variations of the gap back then. Uh, I'm not seeing Baby Gap. I've only right. ever seen The Gap. 
Do more people go to the Gap now, or do they go to Old Navy? What's more popular, the Gap or Old Navy? You know, James, I don't think you buy clothes anywhere near no. the Gap or Old Navy. Not a, not a clue. I always thought, man, one of the major things, because they had a Gap uh, in the Bloomington College Mall that I grew up with, one of the more interesting things was the protocol to folding a sweater looked fairly intense. <laughs> Trevor May retires from Major League Baseball. This is from Sundance. Hey, JMV, this Browns defensive line versus the Colts give me gives me a let's see how good the backup quarterback is vibe. Unfortunately, in our case, it'll be our number three. His name is Sam. We've already seen that movie before. It's called Football Hell. It's exactly where it seems like the Colts might be located right now. Yeah, and especially with the news earlier today. At JMV, that was a good call by Marcellus. Gardner Minshew does look like Johnny Ringo. Uh, Johnny Ringo character from the film Tombstone, I believe the actor was Michael Bean. Michael Bean was in, see that stuff you know right there. Michael Bean was the star in the, the original and the greatest Terminator film, 1984. Yep. He was also in uh, Aliens. Ah, yeah. look at look at James over there knowing a little background of actor Michael Bean. Uh, Chris Hagen sent me this and a shout out. You know, I'd mentioned that I'm going to be celebrating. I guess celebrating is a little bit of a stretch. I will surpass 19 years of hosting this show. 19 years coming up on November the first. And that's a long damn time right there. Let me tell you, a long time. But a shout out to Russ McQuaid of Fox 59, who is celebrating 30 years of reporting and telling stories in Indy on Fox 59. 30 years. And let me tell you this, it doesn't happen that way any longer 30 years just does not happen. So, shout out to Russ McQuaid. 30 years on Fox 59 here in Indy. That is amazing. When you think about it, it really is. Hey, JMV, you're absolutely right. It seems like it's always something with this Colts team. And it's always something because it is always something. Thank you very much. JMV, I heard you talking a little bit earlier regarding you know the Pacers last night and Miles Turner. Yeah, you're right. Miles Turner fouls out in a preseason game a year ago, and you're taking heat forever. And then last night, there wasn't a peep. No doubt about it. JMV, I met Buddy Heald at Five Guys on Friday night. <laughs> Good dude. Took pictures with everyone in the restaurant that asked. Hope we keep the guy. I like Buddy Heald a great deal. And I've never met him. He's I've been he's been on the show before. I've never met him. However, I love dudes that knock down threes consistently. He is a maker, not just a shooter. He's a maker. That is the part that's important right there. You can be everybody can be a shooter. Like everybody, I'm a shooter. He is a maker. 
don't mind him coming off the bench either as long as he's good and the production is there and as long as the production for that first unit because I think we're learning something right now. What we're learning is that this team's defense is not likely to catch up to where we're all going to be satisfied. But what you have to make sure you do is maintain your offensive output. And Buddy Heald was significantly a part of that. So Grover Stewart suspended six games for violating the NFL's PED policy. And uh, with that, he issued a statement through his Instagram apologizing, which referenced that it was a mistake. No doubt. Big mistake. Big mistake. And with that, the forfeiture with this six-game suspension without pay of over $3 million. That's $3 million of his over $9 million base salary is gone. Fulton at 239-1070. Fulton, how are you doing? Great, JMV. How are you doing? Fulton, I look for your email, and I can't find it. Can you fire it off to me again? No, I did not find it. I looked for it. I, I searched for it today. What's the email? I can get it to you. JMV at 1075thefan.com. Okay, I would try to do that. You got it, buddy. Anything else? Yep. Just walking my dog, Moona, today. I'm going to the dog park today. All right. Well, Fulton, we're a fan of you. You Give me that email. You get a JMV at 1075thefan.com. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you at the show. Is, when is that again? It's November 10th, 11, 12, and then... It will be on Tech Week, 17, 18, and 19. And uh, in Tipton, right? Yep. Tipton. You got it. All right, Fulton, send me that email. I will. That is our buddy Fulton right there. Thank you. Uh, Jay's up next. Hello, Jay. Hey, JMV. I wanted to compliment you. This is Jay from the North Side. Yes. On your longevity and Russ McQuaid's longevity, <laughs> because Russ goes into some of the worst neighborhoods in Indianapolis. R- Russ is much going. longer than mine, which sounds really awkward to say, but uh, his well, longevity like, is, yeah. That's like it. That's like if the Pacers had to play at Boston 81 games a year is what Russ does, or if the Colts had to play with Andrew Luck go play at the Patriots. I mean, Russ's job is very hard. Russ has been here for 30 years, Jay, and we're certainly celebrating that. That is a hell of an accomplishment, especially in this era of media. That's a hell of an accomplishment, buddy. Him and Brian Wilkes are like University of Michigan football. They'll be there until there's a statue made up. Jay, I appreciate you. Good call the other night. No problem. Yeah, we saw Jay. What did I see Jay? Thursday. Was it Yeah, Thursday? I think during a large theme, bourbon locks, Luna's little tequila shots. Jay comes out often. Good, good request on Saturday nights, too. Michael writes this, the Gap Outlet in Edinburgh is the place to get boring clothes for the office, though. The Gap. There's Apparently, there's a place in Edinburgh in the Outlet Mall that, I know this is going to sound extremely nerdy, but whatever. There's a place down there that sells vintage toys. Seriously. Because like, Blake, Blake and Laney went down there and like i'm not the i'm not a huge star wars fan like the original star wars i love but i'm a big fan of boba fett right 
and they sent me this. They sent me two pictures, one of Boba Fett, you know, still in like a a Kenner package, and they sent me a picture. There there was a they have a uh, oh god, one of my uh, Scott Howard from Teen Wolf in his basketball outfit from the Edinburgh Outlet Mall. I don't know what it's called. And they're right on top of it. Uh, Michael writes this. I would love to see more two running backs switching off, one blocking, one running or blocking, and one going out for a short pass. I don't know if you're going to see anything like that at all, Michael. Yeah, maybe they add some sort of new wrinkle, but I, I would doubt that severely. I'd do something else, though. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, JMV, you got to save back the John Mayer Body is a Wonderland song for your Valentine pajama gram voiceovers for February. I do. Body's a Wonderland. We need a break here. All right, BTR, hang on. We'll get to you on the other side. Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day, 50-50 betting and dining. From Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Busy show coming up for you tomorrow. And again, Grover Stewart, six-game violation of the PED policy in the NFL. He will not return without pay, by the way. He will not return to the Colts until early December. That will be after the Tennessee game, which is beyond ridiculous. But as we know, as watching the Colts, covering them, you as a Colts fan, this has, in recent history, become there's always something. And there's always been something, which at some point, just thinking has to change. No, you don't give him a pass for that. I mean, I guess you find out ultimately what it was, but and he's apologizing. That's what you have to do, but what you needed to do didn't happen. And now you're in a have-to. Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day will close up this Tuesday edition next. The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Oh, f- Lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Candy Maldonado with the hesitation, allowing Jose Canseco to score, and he fails to get Dave Parker at second base, so the Oakland A's take... take I'll tell you what, we're having a real... Michaels and the late Tim McCarver on ABC. This date back in 1989. Game three of the World Series. A's and Giants postponed due to what was just an incredibly devastating earthquake in the Bay Area. 
And uh, those of us that were watching that, I know a lot of you are much younger and have maybe little to no recollection. Those of us that were watching that at that moment, just absolutely in awe, just shocked beyond belief. I remember having Tim McCarver, I think it was when I was at the other station, he was on with me at one time, and we, we got into this a little bit. Just, just incredible. Uh, this date in 1989, Game 3 of the World Series postponed. And then obviously you saw the, the aftermath and the devastation of that earthquake. Uh, Al Michaels and the late Tim McCarver on ABC in Game 3 of the World Series. This date, back in 1989. The Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. The winner, Craig Moore. I know Craig. Craig Moore is the winner. The winning horse was Evil Eye Flegel. Paid $24.60 in a $2 bet. The $2 exacto was $158.82. The 50-cent trifecta, $97.65. So Craig Moore is going to pick up on 50-50 in betting and dining, courtesy of Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson, where racing will continue through. Actually, racing will continue, probably still be going on by the time Grover Stewart gets back. First couple of weeks of December. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Tuesday through Friday, your chance to win in the Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. BTR, we got to go quick here. What's up? Hey, those are some cool horse names. You got that right. What's up? Um, just wondered your take. I just checked in late. Didn't know if you talked about it. Uh, the buy or sell thing with the Colts before trade deadline. Yeah, I just don't know. What 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 are you thinking about selling? I don't even know what they'd think about buying. I just think they're going to see them stay to where they are. I don't know. We're six games in, and the numbness has already set in. You know, but yeah. I'm used to it. <laughs> well, if they were if they were a buying team, then their quarterback probably, if it's the you know exactly what they've described it to be injury wise, wouldn't be having season ending surgery. So that's not going to happen. And I don't know what they would have to sell right now, BTR. So or secondary. Yeah, stay status status quo is what I would say. All right, my friend, I appreciate you, BTR. Hey, fantastic show today. You guys have been great. Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheese's Lounge, the Mother Load. Thank you, Greg in McCordsville, McCordsville Meyer. Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheese is a proud sponsor of the Lounge via YouTube Live and the Ride with JMV. Greg Rakestraw, Brad Spielberger, and Joy Erickson. All a part of the show today. Podcast 1075thefan.com. Miles Turner is supposed to be on later on this week. You guys are going to be thrilled with that. Can't wait. And we'll load it up tomorrow and more chances to go to Bullseye, the event center on Sunday. Do that coming up on tomorrow's show as well. James, great job out of you. Track sides tonight at 7, NLCS game 2 at 9, joined in progress. 93.5 and 107.5 The Family.